welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hi, podcast listeners. This is Felina Grosvenor in the abuse team here at Hugh James. And I'm here with two of my colleagues today, Alan Collins and Danielle Vincent, both in the abuse team. We're obviously going to be talking today about a new topic, and it is the Oldham Report. And so before we get into that at all, I just want to give something that's called a trigger warning, as our topics do tend to be related to quite sensitive matters, and we are going to be talking about sexual exploitation. So if you feel that this is something that would feel triggering or upsetting to you, please switch off now. And if you don't switch off, then I hope you enjoy the talk today. So Alan, could you introduce the report. Yep, will do. Thanks, Felina. So today we're going to be talking about the Oldham Report, which has recently been published. The report was published by the Independent Inquiry, which was set up after allegations circulated on social media that Oldham Council was allegedly covering up what it knew about grooming gangs in the town. That's Oldham, of course, up in Lancashire. This is, of course, a very serious allegation and deserved the level of investigation that has followed. So, Danny, could you please tell us about the main aspects of the report? What was the focus and what do we need to pick up from it? Yeah, so it's a vast report. It's about 200 pages long and we're going to be unable to go into all of the real detail. But there are a few key areas of the report that we thought it'd be important to, to discuss. And these are as follows. So the allegations made on social media about the risks posed to children from the local shisha establishment between the years of 2011 and 2014. Allegations made on social media about the nature and extent to which adults had inappropriate access to children and young people in residential care homes in Oldham during that same period, putting them at risk of harm during 2011-2014. Allegations made on social media about the nature and extent of the use of local taxi services to access children and young people for the purposes of sexual exploitation during the same period. Allegations or concerns expressed in relation to specific cases, including complaints made in a letter by Sophie to the leader of Oldham Council in November 2019. The cases of known offenders previously employed within Oldham Council and the extent to which the historical actions and employment records had been adequately investigated by the council, referred to as offender A, offender B, offender C, offender D, councillor Y and councillor T. There were also the alleged victimisation of councillor V, allegations that councillor Zed was punished for being a whistleblower so quite substantial yeah so there's obviously a lot to go through um but what the main points are is that there was abuse relating to shisha establishments and then taxi services then there's separate allegations with specific people those who want to read the report themselves it can easily be found online you know there's no paywall or anything like that so if you search for yourself, 
you know, something along the lines of Greater Manchester Oldham Council report, it will come up. So, Alan, could you take it from there? Well, the report strikes a chord for me because of previous cases that we've been involved in concerning children who have been considered vulnerable, indeed were vulnerable, who were abused by grooming gangs. I can think of Aylesbury and Rochdale. So there's lots of familiarities and there's always a risk in generalisation. But what I find with working with survivors of abuse in these situations is that there are often common themes. There's the vulnerability, of course, and the abusers or the grooming gangs attract these vulnerable youngsters because they're able to offer the basics in life, a roof, food, comfort, support. Of course, it's all misplaced and, of course, it's all done for the wrong reasons. But from the child's perspective, from the teenager's perspective, this adult or adults are providing something that is pretty fundamental but lacking in their lives. And I think it's very important that we understand that vulnerability. And likewise, we see tragically too often in these cases an awareness on the part of those who could do something, who could stop the abuse, who could rescue these children, who could make all the difference. But the youngsters are seen to have made a choice. And of course, they haven't made a choice. It's far from it. But there is that mistaken assumption that the youngster has made a choice and therefore end of the matter. So Oldham, I think, serves as a stark reminder as to the realities. But anyway. No, I think that's a really fair point to make. And it's good to make that point before we actually talk about the report itself. The report obviously have its, has its own particular audiences in mind, the purposes of what it's written for. And I think that's a really fair point to say that just off the bat. Yeah, the report did not find evidence of cover-up. And I think that's important to stress. And, you know, that was a huge allegation. But we shouldn't allow that to detract from the other aspects of the report, which did find huge failings. The authors of the report did find that although there were strategic approaches in place, this didn't actually translate into the appropriate level of safeguarding, but should have been in place. In other words, there were structural flaws on the part of the police and the, the council systems when it comes to child protection. Yeah, that's right. So the report found the quality of casework was poor. So when multi-agencies should be involved, that just wasn't put into place. And so these children who were known to be at risk of significant harm, matters weren't investigated properly, the correct people weren't informed, and that's an essential part of a social services role, but also a police role as well, to make sure you're passing on all the important information that needs to be passed on. Yes, and I understand from the report that both the council and the police have agreed to review the management of these cases and consider whether any further action can now be taken in respect of the men who exploited these children and young people. Yeah, I think that's a really important point to this all, is that it's not just a report just looking at the history and leaving it there. It's about can certain abuses, can certain failings actually be followed up now? 
as they should have been at the time. There were, um, as identified in the report, cases and situations where there's grooming of children in council homes, shisha bars, and by taxi drivers in Oldham. In relation to the shisha bar allegations, the report is positive in part. However, again, there's found to be problems in regarding the multi-agency approach. Felina, you know, you'd agree with me. When we see the cases that come across our desk, we are looking at records, and sometimes there are so many agencies involved, it's very difficult to ascertain who was taking responsibility, who was making decisions about that child and young person. And responsibility and accountability seems to be diluted. And um, that's a real, I find, a real concern. Yeah, that's right. We see, very sadly, repeatedly, cases where there's separate councils or separate police forces. And again, it just comes down to communication where they're not communicating appropriately. They're not following up on their safeguarding duties, this multi-agency approach they should be doing. And it means that there's a gap where, you know, an abuse hasn't been reported properly or it's not been passed on to someone. And then that means that this person, this child, is left in an abusive situation or left at risk of an abusive situation for far longer than they should be. And that's, you know, quite sad for us to see. That's right. It's a sort of silo mentality and just sort of speaking generally from the cases that we see, there just seems to be an assumption that somebody else is going to deal with the problem. And my, you know, argument is is that there should be mandatory reporting. So as soon as there's an allegation or suspicion that a child is being abused, it should be reported and and dealt with. But that's probably a a podcast for another time. Getting back to the report in respect of allegations of grooming children in council homes, the report didn't find that there was widespread exploitation of children in residential settings as alleged. The report found that where residential staff did intervene with children at risk of being exposed to exploitation, that those steps were often successful. Mm. And so that, you know, obviously that's not an 100%, it's never going to be a 100% success rate. And, you know, as we've said, there are still failings that we're aware of, but there are positive aspects to the report that we respect. The third key area that we've mentioned is the local taxi service, which it said enabled sexual exploitation. Again, the allegation that there was serious cover-up here was not found to be the case. But it was found that there were a number of taxi drivers who were accused or found guilty of sexual offences against children. So there is truth to this allegation, um, but the cover-up, I think, is where, you know, the report hasn't found anything to agree with that. But on that point, the report states that it's really national guidance at the time that hasn't helped that situation with the the taxi drivers in particular that national guidance at the time so we're looking back you know around 10 years wasn't good enough and the report sort of says well this has been rectified now and so we should really hopefully be seeing great improvement there. Another part of the report was in relation to how Shabir Ahmed the the ringleader of the notorious grooming gang in Rochdale was employed by Oldham Council as a welfare rights officer and seconded to the Oldham Pakistani Community Centre. Many listening will be aware, as we've already talked about, about the Watchdale grooming scandal. And again, it seems to come down to a a lack of communication and a failure for the multi-agencies to do the appropriate things. Yeah, I mean, those listening, hopefully the name 
rings a bell. It was a tragedy, really. And it's so concerning about him in particular. And he was arrested for sexual assaults of children, but the police failed to tell Oldham Council. And if they had, which the report says, it may have potentially avoided some of the abuse that was uh, committed against children. Yes, it's um, a part of the report that is difficult to read. Knowledge is often power in these situations, which brings me back to the argument that there should be mandatory reporting and the responsibility that comes with that. And if you fail to report, then there could be consequences. It all comes back to accountability, comes back to responsibility, because what is often lacking in these situations is it's very difficult to see where the buck stops and it all becomes very watered down, which is not in anybody's interests, particularly not the interests of vulnerable children and young people. So the abuse could have stopped, but when that knowledge isn't shared, safeguarding simply cannot be done appropriately. Yeah, um, we're not going to discuss the further key areas here because I just don't think that the, the podcast will, will do it justice as, as there's quite specific allegations. But as Felina pointed out, the, the report is widely available online if people do want to have a look at it. So I think the Oldham report is, for no other reason, a reminder it's a wake-up call as to the real issues on the ground when it comes to the sexual exploitation of vulnerable children and young people. And it is a problem that does need addressing. And in my opinion, Parliament needs to get a grip with it. And one of the issues that I think Parliament is going to have to address quite soon is the need for mandatory reporting. So on that note... Thank you for listening. And as always, if you have any suggestions for a future podcast, please do not hesitate to tell us. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse.com at hjtalks.co.uk